This is Masters of Dispute Resolution on PodClips. Masters of Dispute Resolution is designed to provide those involved in the mediation process with the views of the most experienced and accomplished mediators and others experienced in the process. Through our discussions, you will gain insight into how to address and overcome difficult issues and achieve more satisfying results in mediation. Your host is Len Levy, mediator and arbitrator with ADR Services, Inc., a leading alternative dispute resolution provider. Lynn litigated complex cases for more than 30 years and has been a mediator since 1998 and is a member of the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals. He has been recognized as a super lawyer in alternative dispute resolution each year since 2014. And now your host, Lynn Levy. Thank you, Daryl. Welcome, everyone. And thank you for joining us on Masters of Dispute Resolution, a mini seminar which will add tools to your mediation toolbox. We're brought to you by Lawyers Pacific Insurance Brokerage, Inc., the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals, and ADR Services, Inc. This season, our third, we're changing our format just a bit to provide, still provide insights into the mediation process, but we're going to be doing so through the power of storytelling. In each episode, you'll hear a story about a conflict, the impact that conflict had on the lives of the people involved in the conflict. We will also be getting into the lessons to be learned from that conflict and its resolution. Now, many of the details of the story you're about to hear have been modified to preserve the confidentiality essential to mediation while also conveying the essence of the conflict and its resolution. Uh, Joining me today is Wendy Kramer, who is a longtime friend of mine. And uh, we I can't even remember how many years we've known each other, Wendy, but it has been a while. Um, And Wendy is a a full-time neutral with ADR services and uh, is one of the most sought after mediators uh, around. Uh, She, uh, that's because Wendy has a reputation of being highly effective in bringing parties to resolution. And she applies her expertise in insurance related matters. And she also brings something else to the table and that is great interpersonal and mediation process skills. Um, She is also a wonderful person to just be around. I think that also helps Wendy develop the trust that uh, that is necessary to effectively mediate. We are going to be talking with Wendy about a a mediation uh, that that uh, she had. And uh, it's a, a it's a mediation about a bully, a doctor, and different forms of pain. Welcome to Masters of Dispute Resolution. Thank you for having me back, Len. I'm very thrilled to be here. It's so fun to hang out with you. And uh, when you asked me to appear again on the podcast and to think about a mediation that I might want to tell the story about, one in particular came to my mind. I looked back at my database because I keep a database with short descriptions about my mediations because there's been so many over the years that, you know, I just don't want to forget. I want to have something to refer to. And when I looked at this database entry, I wrote, quote, probably the most interesting case 
I've mediated so far. And that was nearly 10 years ago. Um, I have to say it still remains in that category. So, you know, there have been other interesting rides since then, many. But uh, this one still remains one of the probably one of the most interesting ones. I'd, I'd like to share it with you. Oh, thank you. That's that, that's fantastic. Let, okay. Let's let's get into it. All right. So this story or this mediation story is about two young men by the name of Billy and Frank. And they had attended school, public school together, probably since about grade school, as near as I could remember. And they had been not close friends, but they were friendly with one another. And when they got into high school, it became clear that Billy was gay. And Frank, for some reason, among other students, began to tease him and bully him. Um, it escalated uh, when they had history and I think English classes together and Frank would, you know, throw slurs at him when he walked past him in the hallway and at lunch break. And, and it just was really quite uncomfortable. Um, I think that Billy kind of took the position of just keeping his head down and, and try to ignore it and it'll go away. Uh, you know, why get into, into a fight with people every day? But one day it escalated. Uh, Billy was out front of the school, public high school, and he was waiting for the bus to go home. And uh, Frank happened by and used something like that, you know, started with an F. I'm quite sure that that was spoken about at the mediation. And Billy just lost it. He, he just, he'd had enough and he used the F word back and it es escalated and he got shoved very hard by um, Frank and he fell on the sidewalk and he got himself up and limped onto the bus and got himself home, but the pain just escalated. And his parents got home from work and they took him to the local emergency room where he was x-rayed and examined and sent home with a clean bill of health. Like he had a bruise on his hip, but he was told that the x-ray was, was normal and to just rest and use ice and take, you know, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, as we all are told, and that it would get better with time. Well, it didn't. About 23 days passed where he was walking around and the pain did not subside. And he was missing time from school. He was following the doctor's orders and it just wasn't getting any better. So his parents took him to another doctor. And that doctor re-x-rayed him, and lo and behold, there was actually a fracture. And it, although it had started healing, it was, it was not a good fracture to just let heal. So he was admitted into the hospital, and he underwent a surgical uh, pinning uh, of the hip at a very young age. I think he was about 15 or 16 at the time. Um, he did miss some time from school. Of course, there were medical bills and a lot of pain. And and anguish from being um, teased and, and so much so that it became an assault. I, I'm sorry, let me, let me just interject. During that period of time, uh, was, there, uh, was there any communication or when he was in school, was, were there any, uh, was there anything that came out in the mediation that there was, uh, that, that he was still undergoing this, this bullying e even while he was limping around school? I don't recall learning that. I think people kind of 
the kids anyway, you know, and I don't know if there was any staff intervention laid off of him. And um, he recovered, he attended school and both the kids ultimately graduated, you know, within a, within a couple of years. And I wasn't aware, I wasn't made aware of any other incident. Okay. Um, and of course, Billy and Frank just stayed as far away from each other as, as they could. Right. Okay. That, that's what I was trying to get at. You know, yeah. so they... I, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't aware of any further um, confrontations or altercations or any communication. Okay. So, you know, time passes and, um, I'm assuming, you know, we don't, as mediators, we're not privy to all of the different correspondence that goes on. But ultimately, what I learned was that a lawsuit was filed um, on behalf of Billy, and he named the public high school for a cause of action for negligent supervision, it's called. Um, The hospital, and and I'm going to call him Dr. Smith, was sued for, um, you know, medical malpractice. And uh, Frank, the bully, was a, was named in a cause of action for assault and battery. And Frank's mother was even named for a cause of action entitled negligent supervision. Um, the school, because it didn't really happen on the school grounds, it was on public property on the sidewalk in front of the bus stop, they ended up getting dismissed from the lawsuit before the case came before me as, as a mediator. Okay, so... so- so the, the the mediation um the mediation was during litigation and um and th- this essentially came to you with the idea of let's settle the litigation correct yes let's try and see if we can work out a resolution prior to going to trial um i don't recall when the trial date was but they had been assigned a trial date in the local court civil court and you know a jury would have been Collected and would have been decide that would have decided whether or not there was negligence, whether there was assault and battery, and awarded damages in, in accordance with with whatever those twelve folks thought. Okay, well, we are going to take a break now. We're going to continue with this story and find out what happened when they did appear in the mediation. Uh, You are listening to Masters of Dispute Resolution on podclips.io. I'm Len Levy, and we're talking with Wendy Kramer. Masters of Dispute Resolution would like to thank ADR Services Incorporated, your partner in resolution, and its founder, Lucy Barron, for supporting this podcast. ADR Services is one of the leading providers of alternative dispute resolution in California. Leveraging technology to drive resolution, ADR Services is committed to dynamism in the face of growing client need and an ever-evolving legal climate. Now operating offices in all major legal markets of California, ADR Services provides unparalleled in-person and remote resolution services through its exclusive panel comprised of more than 130 of the most distinguished and talented neutrals across the state, capable of handling challenging and complex mediations, arbitration, and other procedures in every field of law. When you seek the services of a neutral and you want results and satisfied clients, contact ADR Services, www.adrservices.com. Welcome back to Masters of Dispute Resolution. Uh, this is Len Levy, and we're hearing a story about a bully, a doctor, and different forms of pain in a mediation. Uh, And we are speaking with Wendy Kramer, who is going to talk about now about what the, what happened at the mediation. What did the parties bring to it in terms of how they were feeling? 
right. So, you know, I had quite a bit of crowd control. A lot of people showed up for this mediation. And, you know, in in California, joint sessions are really not um, widely accepted in personal injury cases. People prefer to have the privacy of their own rooms. So um, I had a facility back then, and I still do now, although most of our mediations are on Zoom, where we have separate conference rooms available for for all the different groups of people. So now, mind you, it's several years later and Billy and Frank are now 18 years old or thereabouts. Um, they've moved on in their lives, but they're still stuck in this lawsuit, right? So at this point, Billy is attending um, culinary school. He's still living with his folks and he's a very slight looking young man. He's very soft spoken, very polite really, really nice boy or, or young man. And, you know, I don't know what to expect with regard to Frank. Um, Frank shows up with his parents and I seat him in one conference room where I have a sofa. And I remember that he was in the middle and mom and dad are on either side and dad had taken time off from work because, you know, if there was going to, they weren't covered by insurance, they had no lawyer. And if they were going to be contributing monetarily to this settlement it wasn't going to be from frank because frank was 18 years old he was now still living at home but he was attending the local community college and he had become aware you know i don't know if he had taken a course or he had friends that were in the uh, gay community or whatnot but he came to that mediation with such a an amazing attitude he was remorseful he was apologetic. He wanted to go back in time and wish that he had never behaved the way that he that he had treated his uh, classmate. Um, and he he was really emotional about it. Um, and his his parents were there, you know, supporting him. And he, I I met with him in this private room, and I sat across from them. And I recall him saying that he, if it was possible, he'd really like to talk to Billy. And he wanted to apologize. I didn't ask him to. He he volunteered. It was really, I, I still get chills down my back at how sensitive this young man had become compared to what I had read about in the briefs, you know, about his behavior back when he was in high school. It was, it was enlightening. And he was enlightened. Um, so then I'm, and I met with, um, I don't remember what order I did it in. It, it, for me, it's just about when people arrive and a room fills up, then I, you know, I, I, Jin. Um, I recall meeting with Billy and his parents and like I said he was he was doing well he was still felt he felt physically he was doing well I still felt there was an emotional fragility there and that he still very much remembered that day and it still caused him you know emotional pain as you referenced in the title of our story um, I think he was done with the physical pain but the emotional pain was still there and his parents were angry you know, they they were concerned about the future for him in terms of his medical condition. And once you have a hip fracture and a pin, that can cause, you know, lifelong issues. But um, at the time of the mediation, like I said, he was doing well. Then we move over to the room for the medical malpractice folks. And, oh, my gosh, I'm facing, you know, all the corporate people. I have Dr. Smith, who turns out to be an a very nice man you know you don't usually meet radiologists they're the ones behind the scenes you know reading films and 
they're not the ones that are, you know, interacting with the patient, patient care. But he was extremely personable. Um, and he explained to me that he was a parent, that he um, felt terrible about what had happened, but that radiology is really not so much a science, but an art. And the kind of fracture that this young man had is one that can be routinely missed by very expert people without it being a negligent act, not falling below the standard of practice in the community, which is, a, is the, the magic buzzwords for um, medical malpractice lawsuits. And with him in the room were uh, not one, but two lawyers. I think one was for the hospital and one was for him. And then there were two insurance professionals as well. And they were all very corporate and stiff and, you know, um, seemed to me uncomfortable with hearing the doctor be so personable and so open about explaining what had um, in, in his mind gone on. He, too, suggested that he would like an opportunity to talk to the parents after we developed some trust and rapport. And, and I felt it would be a fabulous idea. But now we have to get the corporate people to agree to it. They were pushing back mightily. They just didn't think it was going to be a good idea. They weren't comfortable with the doctor talking, you know, their client talking directly to the um, the, the person that was suing them. And and it, I had a I left them alone for periods of time so they could try and hash it out. And then I would come in and chat with them about the pros and the cons and possible outcomes, but. You know, ultimately, the doctor was of such strength of character that he overrode these four people, and we structured an opportunity for him to go in and, and speak directly with, with Billy and his parents. Well, let, let me oh. just interject something, right? Sure. Because um, uh, what our audience may not know is that, that Wendy uh, did represent carriers at one time, uh, in medical malpractice matters. And um, one of the things that has come out in, in some studies uh, has to do with the power of apology uh, in, in those kinds of lawsuits. Uh, it sounds to me like the corporate people, as you put it, um, didn't quite buy into that. Yes, they... Um... Well, back and again, mind you, this is nearly 10 years ago. And, and when I practiced medical malpractice defense work, I, we were representing hospitals and, and emergency rooms and a lot of physicians and nurses and whatnot. That was the book of business that the firm I worked for had. And there was no mediation then. I mean, it just wasn't it wasn't a part of a civil lawsuit. It, mediation existed for family problems, trusts and wills, divorces, things like that. But there, it was not used at all in um medical malpractice or civil practice. And so fast forward now, you know, these practitioners are having to adjust to this new process as well and to figure out their way around it. So, you know, I, I understand all that and, and it takes some coaching and some trust building and, uh, you know, all of that kind of giving them a warm blanket so that they know this is a confidential process. It's not being recorded. Nobody's going to ever hear what happened in this mediation and so you know let's do it let's give it a shot let's be real so the so the doctor's the doctor's uh desire to talk to the family was finally agreed to by the 
by the uh, the corporate types, so to speak. Yes, yes. So um, we just I I really discouraged. I said I don't want a full room. I don't think everybody needs to be there. Please designate just one person if you don't want to. They wouldn't send the doctor in by himself <laughs> with just <Right>. me. <laughs> So, and I said, you know, you need to stand by the door. You're just an observer. Please, you know, don't, don't participate. So we did that. They, they agreed. And, you know, despite their discomfort, the doctor was not uncomfortable. Right. He, he went in there and he sat down at the table and he sat next to, to Billy, almost like knee to knee. And I sat across and the parents were up at the end. And he proceeded to explain to them exactly what he had told me in our private caucus about the way ra- you know radiologists work and how these things are sometimes not vi- able to be visualized and they develop over time. And that um, he, he spoke as a, a medical doctor. He spoke as a parent. He, he apologized. He said he, he was very sorry that this had happened to him. He wouldn't want it to happen to his son, that he would walk around like this for 23 days in pain. And he wished that it had gone differently, but that, you know, he really hadn't performed below the standard of practice. I can't remember his exact words, but he was lovely about it. And then he asked the parents if they had any questions. And he asked Billy, too. And they did. They asked a few questions. They had a conversation. And um, the parents said they understood. Um, and everybody sort of naturally got up to kind of say goodbye from that particular private um you know joint session and the doctor and billy ended up hugging and he shook hands with the parents and said he really appreciated them giving him the time to talk to them and they he and his lawyer left the room and again i get chills down my spine you can you can't script this stuff it just was people being human hugs in medical malpractice cases (laughs) are extremely rare as a matter of fact you may have found the one unicorn there and we're going to get back to uh discussing how that how the resolution uh between the doctor and billy took place uh when we return with wendy kramer on masters of dispute resolution Most attorneys need professional liability coverage, but very few are professional liability experts. And there are so many options when it comes to legal malpractice insurance. How do you know how much coverage you need? What should your policy limits be? What if you've had a past claim? You shouldn't have to take time away from helping your clients to research professional liability coverage. And with lawyer-specific insurance brokerage on your side, you don't need to. Their professional liability experts shop California's leading insurance carriers to find your firm the right coverage at the best price. Lawyers Pacific founders Al and Debbie Hernandez have over 50 years combined experience working with the highest rated providers of lawyers professional liability insurance. So trust the brokerage with access to over 40 carriers in California to find a cost-effective malpractice insurance solution for your firm. Go to LawyersPacific.com and click Request a Quote. Welcome back to Masters of Dispute Resolution. I'm speaking with Wendy Kramer, who has just related about the the rarest of of events, uh, a doctor and a patient hugging in the middle of a malpractice mediation. And uh, what 
what I'd like to ask is, what effect did that, did that apology, what effect did that whole interaction have uh, on the ultimate resolution between Billy and, the, and Dr. Smith? So what I'm going to do is leave you in suspense, because at this point in the mediation, I did not know how it was going to play out. I mean, they were asking for a lot of money from the hospital and the doctor through this lawsuit. And the doctor's room had made it very clear to me that they, they didn't feel that they owed anything. So I'm going to table that for a moment because okay. I felt like the ha the case had to be globally resolved in order to potentially have the hospital and the doctor dismissed from the lawsuit without paying a monetary sum, right? So now we move on to um, talking to Billy about whether or not he wants to accept the offer by Frank to come in and talk with him. And that was that was a puzzling or piece of the puzzle to try to tease out because of course this is the fellow that had pushed him down had taunted him had been so mean to him several years earlier and he felt really fragile and anxious and scared to to see him he, he you know he was a big bigger guy and there was the physicality of seeing him and the emotional um disappointment and anguish that that the fellow had caused him so we spent a lot of time talking about what that might be like and whether or not he was strong enough to to face him. And he expressed all his concerns. His parents were anxious and concerned. And ultimately, though, he decided that he would be willing to meet with, um, with Frank, with me in the room and his parents. And so I went back to Frank's room and I told him that he was willing to talk to him. Oh, and I, I'm skipping over one thing. I had said to each of them, and I think this was a pivotal thing, since they lived in the same community and, you know, you go to the mall, you go to the movies, you go wherever, you, you, you run into your old friends from high school when, when you live in a, in a smaller community with a, where you all went to the same high school. And I had asked each of them whether or not if that happened that, that they would want to be able to say hello and not feel like oh gosh there's frank and and i gotta run the other way and and they'd want to say hello and catch up and say how are things going and maybe go out for a cup of coffee at the the local starbucks and i had left each of them with that question earlier and and i think that also helped them to think you know we need to actually talk to each other in the within this comfort zone of a mediation rather than at the mall or in front of in the movie line you know theater and so i went and i, I fished um frank out of his conference room his parents stayed in uh, privately in the conference room and frank kind of came down with with me and we went into to billy's room and um he sat down and he proceeded to again just kind of spill his guts and say, you know, that he was a jerk in high school. I was a real jerk. He used the A, a word as well. And I regret the way I acted. I regret my behavior. I don't, I, I can't believe I did that to you. And I, and he got all choked up. I mean, he, he, for him, it was an emotional release to be able to say he was sorry to the victim of his, his abuse. And so they, they, talked and Billy accepted Frank's apology and um, 
they started talking about what was going on in their lives. They had like a regular conversation. I hear you're, you know, you're studying culinary school. That sounds so cool. You know, I'd love to eat your food and yada, yada. And ultimately they, they made a date to meet at Starbucks and have a cup of coffee and continue the conversation and catching up. And again, hugs. That's These beautiful. two young men stood up and hugged each other. And the, the mom was crying. She was just a puddle because, I mean, there's nothing better from a parental standpoint. You know, you're a parent, too, to see your kid resolve something and, and move on and, and, and feel comfortable in, in his skin. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a remarkable thing. It sounds like the there was a, 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 an emotional release and relief that each of them felt uh, following that conversation. Yes, I think that, you know, Frank had carried around this guilt and the lawsuit hanging over his head for, you know, a number of years. And he he really regretted his actions. And 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 Billy, it, it sounds as if he was very somewhat fearful of even uh, running into Frank uh, of the in 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 some other setting and uh, some other less safe setting than than we're able to afford in the context of a mediation. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. So so then now we're getting to like, well, how now do we resolve this lawsuit? Because you know we really shone a light on every everything and everyone's thoughts and i went into um after making sure that that you know billy and his folks were okay and said you know just take a breath i'm gonna go talk to by the way they had an attorney and their attorney um i had worked with before hmm. so that's another key piece he tr he really trusted me and so he he really let this all unfold whereas if you you know as a mediator if you're working with somebody you've never worked with before it, it would have been hard to have all of this happen but because I'd worked with him on a number he did some other school cases you know there was a level of trust there that that he knew I wasn't gonna you know lead his clients astray um or, or his client so anyway I returned myself to Frank's room and talked to his parents and I explained that there you know there were some hospital bills and um I thought that they ought to pay at least the hospital bills if they possibly could. And of course they had no insurance to cover this. They weren't represented by a lawyer. And, um, but they did offer that they could make monthly payments of a, a small amount, you know, that would add up to basically paying the hospital bills or some portion of them. The, 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 the parents had very good health insurance for their sons. So the bills were not tremendous. It wasn't going to break the bank um, for this family. But they were, and they were a hardworking, you know, blue-collar family. It wasn't like they had, you know, tons of money to throw around. So I went in with an off. I then left their room, and I made the offer to um, the attorney for Billy and the parents and Billy and gave them some time to, to talk about whether or not that, that worked. And I don't recall there being a big negotiation back and forth about the money. I think they... My recollection is that they just said, yes, that would be fine. <laughs> I mean, and how often does that happen, you know? 
Right. Like, like they recognized that this family didn't have a ton of money. There was no insurance involved. And, and, and why, why were they going to haggle about this? I, when I went back in and checked on them, they said that they'd talked about it and they were, they were willing uh, to do that. So now we have the hospital and the doctor, right? Right. What's, Getting what's to the, gonna... the tabled portion of this. Okay. Yes, the tabled portion. So I go back into um, the hospital and doctor's room and I thank them for, you know, allowing that to happen. And they had debriefed and told the other, you know, suits in the room what had, what had happened. So they'd had plenty of time to, to chat and they, they still stood firm, which was the same at the beginning of the mediation that they really did not want to um, offer any sums of money. So in Mount practice lawsuits, you know, if, if a, a doctor settles for a certain amount of money, it has to get reported to the, you know, the, the state of California medical board and it goes on their record. And it, he just, he really just didn't feel he owed anything, um, zero. And so they, they were offering to dismiss the lawsuit for what's called a waiver of cost. Well, we're going to get back to the rest of the settlement and how it, it was reached after this next break. I'm Lynn Levy. I'm chatting with Wendy Kramer and talking about a bully, a doctor, and different forms of pain. We'll be back in a moment. Masters of Dispute Resolution is sponsored by the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals. NADN is the premier invitation-only association of civil mediators and arbitrators in the United States with members in every state of the nation. Only experienced ADR professionals who are widely acceptable to local plaintiff and defense firms are invited to join the Academy's roster. The Academy's website, nadn.org, is the most widely visited neutrals database in the world today. With over 40,000 law offices, insurance companies, and corporations visiting our free website annually. Firms can search for neutrals by many criteria, including location, case expertise, qualifications, language skills, and most NADN members also publish their available dates, calendars, online, making NADN.org the go-to website for law firms wishing to schedule appointments online with their preferred mediators. For more information, please visit www.nadn.org. Dot org today. Welcome back to Masters of Dispute Resolution. I'm Len Levy, and we're hearing a story of healing uh, from Wendy Kramer. When we broke, we were talking about getting the the medical malpractice portion of this case uh, resolved, and um, I. I I know from having mediated those types of cases as well that that not only do we have the the thirty thousand dollar reporting threshold that we have to deal with, but also it's it's a little bit different um, with medical malpractice carriers than they are with like general liability carriers in terms of uh, in terms of whether they will offer any money uh, at times. Is is that generally correct? Well, there, there's consent, and uh, you know, yeah. unlike our regular general liability policy, the you know, uh, professional 
insurance requires consent of the professional to settle the case. And there, there's a good reason for that. You know, it's their reputation. It's their career. It can be really put on the line. And so this doctor wasn't going to give consent anyway. It was, it was you know, he, he really felt strongly that he was sorry that it happened, but he had not done anything below the standard of practice in the community. So now I have this big puzzle and question mark in my mind of whether the impact of his apology was so great that the parents and the lawyer were going to fold their tent and say, yes, we'll dismiss um, Dr. Smith and the hospital for a waiver of costs. So now I trek back into the the plaintiff's um, conference room and I sit down and I say, you know, you heard what Dr. Smith had to say and, and they're still taking the position that there was no negligence here and they would like to ask you kindly to dismiss them from the lawsuit for a waiver of costs. Um, and they said yes. I mean, that was the impact of the apology. It, it didn't even take much. It didn't require convincing. It didn't require arm twisting. It didn't require much of anything because the doctor had been very real with them and he'd explained everything he'd answered all their questions and they felt satisfied and so they agreed to dismiss dismiss for a waiver so that that resolved that resolved the entire case yeah but you did something even more you were able okay. to you were able to not only resolve the case but you're able to promote the healing that was necessary for the parties to move forward with their lives without this hanging over them. Yes, I think that's one of the most powerful things that mediation can do is help mend relationships. And it doesn't always happen, but when it does, it, it's magical. And that's what happened here. I, I really felt that these kids would run into each other in the future, very strong likelihood given the size of the community they live in. And, and you know, they had made a plan to get together. And so uh, hopefully they kept it and, and maybe they're even friends to this day. I don't know. It could be, you know, friendships are built on things like this. Right. Right. So. Yeah. There, there are, um, there are things that, that give, satisfaction to the parties beyond which they uh th that which they expected going into a mediation um very often uh, people go into a mediation with just the idea of well i hope we can settle the case um and uh, when you've achieved something higher set the bar higher so to speak and and that's been achieved um you can you can really help um, you really get the satisfaction of knowing that you've you've helped uh, helped with their lives going forward. So, well, and I, I can I just add one thing to yeah. that concept is that, I, you know, we don't settle all of our cases. Of course, not everything can be settled, but I think that we always have to be mindful and be careful and make sure we give it the the attention to let everybody that's at the table, whether it's a suit, you know, an insurance professional whether it's a lawyer, whether it's a party, to have their say, to listen to them, to give them the opportunity to, to, to talk. And that's something that I, I really try to do on every mediation, no matter what the dispute is about, is to go around every time I'm in that, that room and say, do you have anything to add? Is there anything further you want to tell me that you need to let me know? 
Yeah, there, there is a, uh, I won't say a, a tendency, uh, but sometimes what happens is people think of the, when there's insurance involved, for example, well, the, per, the we're dealing with the insurance company. No, you, you're dealing with the person in the room who has to make a decision justify that decision be comfortable with the justification that that is providing it's not just go back and get more money no and be subject to review and criticism by by his or her superiors if they file comes up for review and they don't feel that the settlement was justified and there's a lot of moving parts there that that you know you you need to be mindful of when you're mediating insurance cases right. that involve insurance so, and, so let's talk about let's talk about some of the the takeaways that you have uh, from this mediation. I think one of the biggest takeaways I have, or what struck me the most, was the strength and conviction of this doctor to, you know, override um, the insurance company and his lawyers and and have his time to talk to the family. I don't didn't get the impression he had been sued before. They usually tell you that, you know, if there's a history of lawsuits against the doctor, that's the first thing that, you know, the plaintiff attorney is going to make the mediator aware of. And that wasn't the case here. I think this was maybe the first time he'd ever been sued. And um, and the strength of his conviction to want to go and actually deal with it as a professional, but as a human being, as a parent you know, um, as a caring person, it was, I thought that was a, a really remarkable thing. And I, I think that the mediation confidentiality is what gave the comfort level for him and for the other folks to, to do that. Um, mediation, you know, it, it's not going to court. It's not, there's no public record. There's no court reporter. It's, there's no question answer. Like there isn't a deposition. It's just, it's a much more fluid process. And, and if people trust it and are comfortable with it, you get remarkable results. Well, you used a very important word just now, trust. And the, the trust has to come on, uh, on, on it, at least I believe, on a variety of levels. First, the, the idea of trusting the process, as you mentioned, uh, which, which I'll ask you to expand on. But also, there's the idea of, trusting the mediator to uh to not take someone down a path that's not in their in their interest right yeah and i think to, to get trust in the process you've got to be able to explain to people who are novices at it exactly what's going to happen and and set the table properly and then you have the trust in the process and then you build the report the rapport and the, the trust in yourself as, as the mediator um, I wanted to also mention before we run out of time that I was so impressed with Frank and how he had matured. He'd reflected on his actions. He'd done all this before he even got within my, um, you know, web, so to speak. I might have had to do that with him and get him to that point, but he was already there. And his willingness to, to admit his wrongdoing and his wrong thinking and apologize with, you know, with his heart. Um, Again, I think the confidentiality of the mediation process really assisted in that. He knew there were no consequences. You know, he wasn't in court. He felt it was private um, and he felt supported. 
Okay. Um, and any any other any other takeaways that that you felt um, it came out of this? Obviously, it, this is how did it make the top ten list in in your database? <laughs> um, I mean, I think you can you. You know, I don't necessarily tell the story every mediation, but I think that it, it just it's one of my quivers in my bow, if you will, to to tell people that courtrooms don't inspire people to behave in the way that they communicate with heartfelt um, apologies or just or even anger, or whatever their emotions they're feeling. Courtrooms don't inspire that. Depositions don't inspire that. Lawsuits don't inspire that. Mediation does. It's magic. It really is. It is. I agree. And Wendy, we are out of time. And I am um, I am so, so pleased that we were able to do this. Uh, I had a, a great deal of fun and and, um, and and took a lot away from this. Uh, you always have interesting things to, to say. I always learn when we have conversations. And so I, I really appreciate you coming back as a guest and let's do it again at, at some point. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. It was really fun, Len. And, and, and as we wrap up, how can people best, uh, get in contact with you? My email is W Kramer at ADR services with an S dot com. Some people leave the S off and it doesn't get to me, but W Kramer at ADR services dot com. Well, thank, thank you again, Wendy. And thank you, Daryl Wayne, my engineer and producer. And I'm your host, Len Levy. This is Masters of Dispute Resolution, powered by Infogen Labs on podclips.io. And I, I hope you'll continue to enjoy the stories we bring you. And in the meantime, stay well, keep listening, and remember, peace of mind is enhanced when conflicts are resolved. If you wish to contact Len Levy, you can reach him through his email at lslevy at adrservices.com, through Len's website, lenlevymediate.com, telephone him at 818-903-5562, or contact his case manager at ADR Services. 213-683-1600.